0: Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is a very special episode. John and Wendy talk to Manoj Tiwari from Balance Track. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How are you doing tonight, John?
0: I am well. I am very excited about this conversation. Yes. We have talked several times that. The, the great folks at Balance Track are partnering with us for the month of September. And so we had a chance to meet Minoj in Las Vegas. I'm not going to say a whole lot because I'm going to let you make the introduction and we're going to get right into the conversation.
1: Yes. Super excited to um, welcome Manoj tonight because we got to meet in person. Now getting to chat a little bit more, not over drinks like we did in Vegas, but that's all right. (laughs) It's all good. So Manoj is the vice president of business and product development. He oversees business development, marketing, software development, technical support, and enterprise software accounts for Berkshire Associates. With over 30 years of combined business and technical experience, Manoj has been instrumental in constructing well-defined processes and automating large volume ATS plan preparations for Fortune 500 companies. He has emerged as one of the industry's leading authorities on engineering automated solutions for human resources. He has held distinguished positions at companies, including IBM, EDS, Amtrak, and MCI. So Manoj, welcome to the show tonight. Again, we are so excited to have you on. And our first question is, what's in your glass?
2: Thank you, John and Wendy, for giving me this opportunity. And you don't know how excited I am. So (laughs) first time on your show. So what's in my glass? Let me put it this way. What I want to be in my glass right now is a scotch. I love fine scotches. (laughs) Philosophically speaking, my glass is filled with optimism. I uh, It is filled up to the brim with optimism. I love to be optimistic about everything in life in general. So that's what I'm carrying today.
0: Scotch and optimism. I
2: love it. I
1: love it. I love <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs>
2: great, if, great perspective. If you, if you start
0: drinking scotch, you will become optimistic.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Manoj, again, we're really excited about this partnership that we've been able to develop with you. And some of our listeners may not be very familiar with Balance Track. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have you join us is to talk more about that. Tell us about Balance Track, the offerings that you have. And maybe if you when you're meeting somebody for the first time and and you tell them where you work and they you say I work for balance track what is that what do you do tell us a little more about that so balance track is a talent
2: acquisition system which is uh, designed to solve recruiting problems of uh, industrial companies with one uh, or two percent hr shops so it is designed basically to keep in mind that companies that don't have uh, tens and hundreds of recruiters to manage their entire recruiting process so we made Try to make Balance Track as an all-encompassing talent acquisition system that solves every aspect uh, or front end of uh, the recruiting process, up to hiring, up to uh, making an offer, and uh, then it hands it over to the onboarding, which also uh, can be integrated with Balance Track. So it is designed to be a very highly adaptable system that meets the process. Uh, and the power uh, that is required to work with say 100 people companies to 100000 people companies so i think uh, we were over optimistic <laughs> when we started designing this product for the reason that we did have clients because we came from compliance industry our business was in compliance industry so we had clients with uh, 100 employees to 100000 uh, people and we designed to meet their requirements so we created the system that had the requirements that was for small to medium-sized industrial companies to very sophisticated large corporations as well so at the end we created what we call a spy effect which is keep it simple very simple to use and easy to use secondly made it very powerful so it has functions that are uh, so powerful behind the scenes that they look very simple to the user they don't know that. How much work is going on behind the scenes, and then it's adaptable. We are actually designed for any industry, so there are no restrictions, but we are targeting to help those industrial companies and one to two HR people work sh- uh, hR people shops. So that is balance track in a nutshell.
1: very cool uh, that would have to be tricky to design something to accommodate a hundred to a hundred thousand employees. <laughs> yes. There's a lot going on there. Then we'll get into some of that too. So tell us a little bit about you as well, Manash. Tell us how you got involved with Balance Track.
2: That's a good question. And uh, I dream big. So I was working with a very large company. I think I'm. I can use the name uh, Sudexo, which is one of the largest uh, service industry company. And they were also required to be compliant with some of the EEO regulations that that were put on them. We were asked to solve one of their problems, which is to capture applicants' data. All they needed to do was, hey, I'd need to capture the demographics of hundreds of thousands of candidates who are applying for a job, need to record it and use it for further analysis about discrimination or hiring practices and all the uh, compliance-related analysis initially we started uh, with a very basic system a basic system where hiring managers or hr person at a location would capture this information uh, in a kind of a glorified excel sheet if you want to call it but it was a saas kind of system so we we developed and, and that i'm talking about like 2003 2004 time period when saas term was not very popular term people didn't even know what saas was uh, in those days so we developed the system which started capturing data uh, of applicants manually through their uh, every locations, managers, and HR people. So it was a centralized database. Then we started developing it for other clients and de- and we developed it through into a truly SaaS-based system, all web-based, all hosted. From there, we started evolving. So, But I, my focus never was to go into a commercial talent acquisition world or ATS world, we were just developing solutions for our favorite clients. So we developed this system and that evolved into an ATS. But recently, towards the end of last year, we really decided to redo the entire system, not designed only for compliance, but designed it so that anybody who has a recruiting problem, we can help them. Because a lot of our clients come from small to medium-sized companies, a lot of our clients are uh, coming from industrial uh, organizations where, like uh, manufacturing, transportation and service industry. So we try to try to solve their problem we, because we deal uh, we work directly with HR people. We understand their problems. So I try to figure it out how we can make it work for these 100 people companies which may not care about all these bells and whistles all they want to do is a centralized database where they can automatically post positions and receive candidates and some way uh, they can manage them on ongoing basis after that we started also looking at we had uh, sodexo as our client he said we need to do something for them as well and then in between we got some other uh, big name, big brands, and uh, we started div- solving their problems. The problem we ran into because we are so client focused, we were so focused on what clients wanted, we started developing, tweaking our systems so that it would work with almost any industry's processes, any organization's processes. And that's why I call adaptability because we really went out of our way to solve these individual clients' problems So our product was developed to really meet every possible kind of processes that are out there in the market, instead of somebody developing an ATS saying, hey, you all come and use our product this way. So that was the difference in philosophy. For that, we had to pay a lot of price. Maintenance became very high cost because we had to maintain everybody's nuances in the system. but. We have tried to accommodate, and this is what I tell, uh, maybe it's exaggeration at that point, but I say I've never refused anybody's processes. We have always accommodated their organization processes and worked with them to make it simple and easy to use and meet most of their needs. That's how I started with Balance Track. And today we have taken it to the extent of now we have gone beyond just our compliance solution compliance based solution to all inclusive talent acquisition solution. So that's my story about how I started with balance Time.
0: <laughs> long story. <laughs> Minoj, let's talk a little bit more about the market. And you know, Wendy and I have both been practitioners for many years, have used a lot of different applicant tracking systems that are on the market. Some some are still around. I some of them I think I used maybe no longer be around. You know, how do you, when you're out talking to potential customers and, and meeting with folks, you know, and how does balance track differentiate from the rest of the market?
2: Right. As I said uh, earlier, I think because our focus was on solving clients specific issues, client specific issues. So we learned so much about talent acquisition recruiting process, mainly for the industrial high volume hiring uh, companies. So our focus was in those kind of organizations where you don't have very tech-savvy systems or very highly technically trained people. We were dealing with HR people who are trying to solve their day-to-day, all HR-related uh, issues, and recruiting was one of them. So it is one of the other 20 hats they wear every day. So we tried to focus on how they would want to do a certain kind of things, but at the same time, what will bring efficiencies in their in their day-to-day work. We don't want to consume a lot of their work. So what we worked with, okay, let's try to see how we can minimize jumping from screen to screen. What kind of things generally they like to do quickly so that they don't have to spend hours on certain screens, certain functions. Our design focus has always been on KISS, keep it simple and stupid, right? It's still so powerful that it solves the problem of these thousands of hires that are done by uh, large companies they have thousands of really real users every day so how do we solve everybody's working style so we have accommodated our designs in a way if you have a recruiter or a hr person working on in balance strike they have to primarily use three screens so you go for to you come to home screen and you have All those daily activities, the activities that you perform, quick links to those activities, as well as your uh, quick glance of view uh, kind of approach, all the metrics is shown right on the homepage. From there, you can jump to uh, requisition management. So all the requisition management-related functions are done all on one screen. So within one screen, people don't have to go all over the place. You can see what you need to see and you can do what you need to do all on one screen. The same thing with candidates management. Every piece of information, the entire history of a candidate can be found on one at one place. And of all of your job acquisition, all the postings, anything you're trying to do, they are all contained within three of those screens. So we try to make it simple. The other thing we did was you don't have to implement the whole thing. We can customize it, you can configure it. Simply by saying, okay, I want this user to be able to do this. So role-based management. We go to the lengths of, okay, within these functions, I can also limit the data as well. It's a very simple process. Anybody can do it very easily. It makes the entire flow workflow very easy for companies where HR person is doing one thing and they want uh, their hiring managers to see only those five candidates whom they handpick. These are the kind of things we have tried to build into the system, along with, in addition to all of this, we probably, and I'm going to make this claim, which may or may not be true, so I'm (laughs) putting the disclaimer out there first, one of the most compliant company in terms of uh, government contractors' requirements with OFCCP. We always maintain our system to be compliant, as well as without any effort on the user's part without any effort on the client's part to maintain that compliance. And that's the beauty of it. When we implement it, we work with them and make sure that things are set for them so they don't have to do anything. At the end of the year, all they need to do is just bring the data down using one click. So we have tried to make it so simple, so powerful and adaptable. So that is the differentiator.
1: I think that's the key is making it simple for both sides. The recruiter, yep. or all sides, I should say. The recruiter, the hiring manager, and the candidate. That's uh, exactly. that's the key. Exactly. That's the key. What do you see as the biggest issue for your customers and potential customers currently dealing with when it comes to recruiting beyond their ATS? Any advice you may be able to offer up to uh, folks as they address this issue?
2: The biggest challenge I see for, especially in the small to medium size, that's where the problem lies. And especially in... Uh, small HR shops where you have one or two people, they have very limited resources. They have uh, limited technology in place. They have a limited skill set. Because if you have one person dedicated to 20 jobs versus one person 100% on recruiting, there will be, you know, uh, skills will be diluted. It's hard for them to be able to understand everything that goes into recruiting when they are selecting a product, when they are defining their processes. What I feel the biggest challenge comes in these small to medium-sized companies is process definition. A lot of times people who are in charge or who are tasked to manage these processes don't have time or resources or a skill set to be able to define the process in a way that brings the efficiency, that utilizes any tool's 100% capabilities or even 90% capabilities. That's where the challenges come. We try to help them as much as we can, but we can't be there at uh, their site and holding their hands constantly. So that's where I see that uh, most of the times, because of lack of time and resources, they continue to do things or even implement systems inefficiently. That becomes a problem if you are carrying inefficient manual processes or uh, previous inefficient processes into a new system or new technology. It creates, creates bigger inefficiencies because technologies are not uh, designed for inefficiencies. <laughs> and a <laughs> lot of times uh, people go around and find things, of way, uh, doing things and start doing things or adopt uh, bad habits in that process. So the biggest challenge is process definition and process management. If I have my way, I would go and work with every client and spend time right up front. The time people spend on implementing and testing the system is wasteful if the process is not designed right up front. So I would suggest if somebody is looking for the best advice I give them is to look for a vendor who can guide and provide Easy to implement options instead of making it a long-term project and make it a resource drain on the HR professionals or people who are design, who are tasked with this uh, task, or tasked with <laughs> <this> responsibility. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I I think you're spot on, and it's it comes down to the process, and you know, fix your process, and then then implement your technology. I, yep. I am a firm believer in that,
2: and that's where that's where I'm. I struggle with a lot of times, and uh, I can go only that far in convincing them that hey, this is not the best way. But they sometimes will come back say my hands are tied because yeah. uh, their CEO, their uh, uh, VP of HR, or their users wanted certain things certain way because they are not ready to make the change. They are not ready to adopt something new, and that that is the biggest challenge. As you know, in this in any any company, change is the hardest thing to implement.
0: Manoj, we're always looking for scoops with people, and we have an opportunity to talk to <laughs> folks like you. Anything as far as product upgrades, news, anything that you can share that Balance Track has coming up in the next few months? There are lots of things going on
2: uh, with Balance Track. There are a couple of things I can mention. So, one thing we have uh, already in our system is texting, texting to with the candidates and things. So, you can do one-on-one texting. Uh, but we are also adding bulk testing, which is to say, Hey, I can do my marketing. I can reach out to my, my potential candidates, prospects through bulk testing. We have seen and there are studies after studies. I'm sure you are aware of uh, where uh, people are more responsive to texts. The only thing is, all we need to do is say, Hey, are you available for this job? And click here. That's it. Uh, kind of text messages from uh, from uh, their database. You can search through database, say, hey, I'm looking for certain specific skills. You narrow down to 100 people and say, okay, I want to invite them and send one text, and probably most likely you will have much higher level of response. So we didn't build build it initially. We wanted to check uh, test companies' responsiveness and uh, how they are using it. So that's a new thing we are building up. We are taking a shot at this thing. I don't know how everybody else is doing, but in Balance Strike, we are creating what we call a data metrics cube. So it's a meta cube, uh, metadata. We are creating a cube and where users or advanced users in any company, they will be able to take this data and take it to their business intelligence tool or mix it with uh, another uh, data source that they may have and build their own reports and analytics. While we do have reports and some analytics, canned reports and canned analytics built in, we are giving uh, this additional tool for companies to build their own analytics on top of what whatever we have to offer. So that's a, I'm really excited about that. I think that will open a lot of avenues for companies, uh, or especially the data geeks, what we call it, right? <laughs> so for them to... <laughs> to go in and say, hey, I have this data. So basically we are taking hundreds of data points that we collect as part of uh, this process, recruitment process, and we are offering that to our uh, users in certain meaningful way. It's not just giving you data dump. We are giving you like, uh, for example, hey, how long did it take uh, someone to move from one stage to the other where the, uh, where the uh, bottlenecks were? by certain group, by certain types of jobs, by certain region, by certain manager. So all of that data, if I can give it to you, somebody would like to take that and do real-time analysis uh, and figure it out. Hey, here we need to uh, make changes or tweak their process. So it will help companies with, uh, with building their processes uh, better. The other thing which we have delayed it but was always there and has been there in one or the other form, so we now we have indeed sponsored jobs, uh, which was integrated a while ago. But we are also making it more uh, so companies can enter their custom amounts. Custom amounts is not publicized through integration, so that's something we are building it with the Indeed sponsored jobs as well as ZipRecruiter uh, general feed. We I don't know why we have delayed it so far, but that's uh, that's coming up as well. So any job uh, clients post, they will automatically be fed to ZipRecruiter general feed as they are fed. To lots of other, like Indeed and uh, several other I'd we feed it to. So these are some of the things that we are adding in the next uh, couple of months.
1: You're really trying to make it easy, which I think is cool. Yes.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: I know we use a lot of text uh, typically used right now. We're just using Google to text mm-hmm. candidates and yeah, they respond a whole lot right. faster than email or voice. Yeah. So got to use it.
2: Yeah, we have been using text. Uh, we were trying to minimize you know people abusing bulk texting but mm-hmm. i think it's time yeah <laughs> have have yeah
1: well it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show which is the half hour question connection so who was your first professional mentor and what was the most important thing you learned from them
2: so my first professional mentor was uh, what what i really call management mentor was my first manager at ibm I was pretty young and uh, was uh, doing software development back in the days, <laughs> in mm-hmm. the mainframe days. And uh, my first manager, this lady, uh, an African-American lady, she was one of the calmest and coolest manager I have ever worked under. I've seen a lot of uh, calm people, but this lady was, uh, was so well-versed in management styles. She, was, uh, she must have read one-minute manager thing. I would never have more than 10 minutes of conversations with her. And she would never micromanage me or anyone for that matter. Her whole team was self-sufficient, very independent, self-sufficient, fully empowered. So uh, empowerment word was not coined uh, uh, back in the (laughs) days in terms of management, but uh, she practiced it. The best thing was she would give us a a task and will follow up on the date we were told to complete it. She would not come and uh, bug me every day, hey, where where we are? And she will have meet once a week uh, for a few minutes, say, how's everything going? Everything is okay, I can provide anything. But fully empowered employees under her management, I have not seen anywhere else. So I learned her management style and I still try to carry that to a certain extent. I can't say that I am at that level, but <laughs> But we're mm-hmm. trying to practice and use her style of management.
0: Manoj, who's one person that you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know?
2: I have added actually two people, if you don't mind sure. me adding two Absolutely. people. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> and they are very well known, actually. They don't, uh, more people know them uh, than I thought, uh, but I was not in touch with them. I found them, uh, through somebody in my network. And, uh, I tell you, uh, these people are expert in the industry and uh, one of the best knowns. But I did not know until about a year, a year and a half ago. Those two people have taught me more than I've learned in five years about talent acquisition. It's Madeline Loreno and Tim Sackett. Both of them are very well known in the recruiting industry, and they have. I met them, and I found Madeline to be such a nice person, and she, uh, she. She opened me to some new avenues that I did not know existed. And I have a lot of respect for her, what she does, and things, the kind of research she's doing and the kind of work she's doing. So I will use both people. But Madeline was my first choice, and Tim is my second.
1: We'll be sure to put that in the show notes, too, <laughs> that Madeline was first and Tim was second.
2: <laughs> I don't think they will mind. I, no, I honestly probably don't not. think they will mind. <laughs>
1: Manoj, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now?
2: I would say connect with smart people in the the industry, in the industry you want to grow in. Don't stop there. Always learn not what they are telling you, but think a step ahead of them. Think a step beyond what you learned from these experts. What happens a lot of times, we hear from the experts and we just try to do what they are telling you or what you learn from them. I usually listen to them and say, okay, how do I go one step beyond what they are telling me? And that's the advice I will give to anyone any day. Said so if you can first of all, finding the right smart people. There are a lot of people, smart people in every industry. But a lot of people I found are trying to have self-motive, right? There is self-motive and it's not selfless. And also there are a lot of egos. So if you can go, if you can uh, find the right smart people, not the people who are trying to gain something out of you, but also, also don't have big egos. Those are the people I've found are the most helpful and listen to their advice and go one step ahead of them or beyond that.
0: Manoj, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? I try to do as much as
2: I can to help the actual HR people that are my clients, mostly my clients. I'm not that much uh, directly involved in HR community. I'd go and attend some conferences and meet and help and by volunteering and all that. But I truly uh, try to help the clients who are struggling, uh, clients who need help. Uh, I know that, as I mentioned before, that I like to work with HR people with small uh, HR shop. I try to help them selflessly. I do not go there with my sales hat or uh, other hat or marketing hat. Or I go there provide I provide free free advice, free help any which way. Not only my personal help, but my uh, people's help. If I have uh, if they have any technical issue, I will offer my uh, my tech people to help them as well. And then also I try to help them with a lot of times. I found HR people have a problem making their case to executive management teams. A lot of times they feel like they don't have enough tools and ammunition in their, in their, in their closet to go and, and present the case to their management team. So I try to help them in making the case. So I, my interactions mostly are through my clients and prospective clients as well. So that's my way of giving back to the HR community.
1: What's your favorite movie?
2: Oh, this movie, this movie, uh, this movie won foreign movie Oscar in 1997, 98, somewhere around there. Its name is Life is Beautiful. Mm. I don't know if you have heard of it yep. or not.
1: I oh. have. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. You have. Okay. Yes. I have. Yes.
2: yes. It's an Italian movie, Italian movie. The uh, director, uh, Roberto Panini, I think he acted as, uh, in the lead role as well. That is my favorite movie. I have not seen somebody handling the toughest situation so delicately and with with such optimism so well, including, and he has added humor in between that. In the darkest of storyline, he has added humor in it. And I I think that is one of the finest movie ever made on uh, this uh, Nazi issues.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: or World War Two.
0: How about your favorite musician or band?
2: Honestly, I don't have any. I like all kinds of music. My liking for music is so broad, I can't settle on just one musician <laughs> <laughs> or band. We get that a lot. <laughs> I go from, I love, yeah. yes, exactly. You can't, you can't pick just one person. Then you're limiting your choice, or limiting your scope, right? So I love jazz, <laughs> I love r and B. I I love Beatles, I love... Classical Indian. I love Bollywood music. I love Christina Aguilera, Bruno Mars, <laughs> Michael Jackson, name anyone. Uh, the only thing I don't like, the type of music that I'm not really big fan of because I don't get it, is uh, rap and hip hop. Yeah. But everything else, I love it. <laughs> everything I love. Everything. Any kind of music. I don't have any favorites, but I pick the music that sounds good to my ears. I have no knowledge of music. I, have, I know nothing about music, but love to listen to good music. That I can tell you, is it good or not?
1: That's good. How about a favorite TV show?
2: Of course, the old shows like Friends and Seinfeld and all those uh, famous shows, uh, loved them. In most uh, recent shows, I, I, li- I loved uh, This Is Us. I'm not a science fiction kind of guy, so I never fell for those science fiction kind of shows, but uh, mm-hmm. I love uh, reality shows. My taste is very simple when it comes to TV shows. It's just wind down after work for an hour if I get that time uh, with America's Got Talent and The Voice (laughs) and music shows, American Idol and all those kind of things. I used to love Jeopardy when I had time, but I hardly ever come home by that time and don't have time to watch it. It's been years I haven't watched it, (laughs) but loved Jeopardy.
0: Manoj, you know, we always look for connection. And I have to tell you that two shows get more publicity on this podcast than any others, and that is NCIS and This Is Us. More people talk about those two shows, so you are not alone in liking This Is Us. I think you're at least the third person that's brought that show up on here since we started. But I find Uh it fascinating that those two (laughs) seem to get more more love and more likes than any other. I also said I don't think anyone else has said Bollywood, the Beatles and Christina Aguilera all at the same time. So kudos to you no, sir. For,
1: for for this sure that. That.
0: But having said that, if if you're not watching Life is Beautiful, listening to all these different types of music and, and watching This Is Us or some of the reality shows that are out there, what else do you like to do outside of work? So, this
2: becomes a surprise. I my passion is in theater. I love to act. I do community theater. Oh. I don't do professional theater. Very simple. I do community theater. I love to act and direct. So as we speak, I'm in the middle of uh, of uh, creating a new play, which is coming out in this November in Washington, D.C. metro area. So, hey, there's my plug. <laughs> so uh, I love theater. That's what I like to do and watch and go and see as well.
1: So finally, if you weren't in the HR tech field, what do you think you'd be doing?
2: This question I've, I've been uh, debating. Actually, my mind goes berserk when I start talking about if I didn't do what I'm doing now, what would I do? So there are three choices that comes to my mind for three different reasons. I will tell you why. One is acting and directing. Obviously, I just mentioned acting, directing plays and movies. I like to make films as well. So that that is because I, that's my passion. The second thing I like to do is I've been debating is becoming a truck driver. <laughs> now you'll laugh at it <laughs> because i love to travel i love to go out somewhere and i love to travel all the time so that's my truck driver is another option without paying anything for traveling
1: mm-hmm.
2: And third one is a bartender because i love talking to people and i love scotch so <laughs> so these are so these are my three things i've been debating but in realistic terms probably i will be Uh, acting and directing, most likely directing plays and
0: movies. Manoj, I have to say, I'm very glad that we've had this time together because I have learned so much in a very short period of time about you from scotch and optimism to acting and and making, you know, (laughs) producing and and directing plays well beyond what we, you know, what we're doing here when we talk about applicant tracking systems and balance track. And we're glad, though, that you are doing what you do and that, that you're with balance track. We're Again, just so thrilled to, to be working with you throughout this month of September and, and into the future. And I know there might be some of our listeners that now that they've heard you may want to get in touch and talk a little bit more about Balance Track and your offerings. What's the best way for those folks to reach you out there that want to contact you?
2: So I'm on Twitter under handle talent techie. I'm also on LinkedIn. Pretty, actually, pretty more active uh, than Twitter is on LinkedIn under Manoj Tiwari. Uh, it will be easy to find in uh, Washington, D.C. metro area under Berkshire Associates. So th- that's my easy to find connections anytime. I usually check my LinkedIn very, uh, quite often. So th- those will be the best option to reach me. Or get, come visit our website and
0: uh, I'm there as well. Yes, and we, we will have all that in the show notes for sure. And, Wendy, uh, for you, for those listeners that aren't in touch, how did, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Best way to reach me is my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And, of course, fourth Sunday of each month, please join us for our monthly Twitter chat, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. How about you, John?
0: I do want to say with regards to the Twitter chat for the month of September, Make sure that you are there on September 22nd, where Manoj and the Balance Track team will be co hosting with us as we mm-hmm. talk about ATS and recruiting and all things in that world. And excited to have that conversation then. But to, as far as to reach me, HR Social Hour Podcast. Click on the top left hand side of the screen. Three little lines will open up. You can reach all my social accounts there. And while you're there, check out the show. If there are episodes, guests that you haven't heard, make sure that you download, listen, rate, review share. Again, whatever you can do to help us along the way. And again, Manoj, so appreciative of your time for the opportunity to work with you on this episode and for the month. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast, I'm John.
1: And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect,
0: give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you soon.